New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, New Vision. This is Ben Curtis, and it's an honor to open up Scripture with you today. We're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 16. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. It is to be square, a cubit long and a cubit wide and two cubits high, its horns of one piece with it. Overlay the top and all the sides and the horns with pure gold and make a gold molding around it. Make two gold rings for the altar below the molding, two on each of the opposite sides to hold the poles used to carry it. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the altar in front of the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law before the atonement cover that is over the tablets of the Covenant Law where I will meet with you. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight, so incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offering or grain offering, and do not pour a drink offering on it. Once a, once a year, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns. This annual atonement must be made with the blood of the atoning sin offering for the generations to come. It is most holy to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, When you take a census of the Israelites to count them, each one must pay the Lord a ransom for his life at the time he is counted. Then no plague will come on them when you number them. Each one who crosses over to those already counted is to give a half shekel, according to the sanctuary shekel, which weighs 20 geras. This half shekel is an offering to the Lord. All who cross over, those 20 years old or more, are to give an offering to the Lord. The rich are not to give more than a half shekel, and the poor are not to give less when you make the offering to the Lord to atone for your lives. Receive the atonement money from the Israelites and use it for the service of the tent of meeting. It will be a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord, making atonement for your lives. It just so happens I'm recording this podcast on the same day that I read this scripture in my morning quiet time. And so this morning I opened up God's word. I had my pen in hand. I had my journal open to write in my cup of coffee. And I'm just looking forward to reading scripture and applying scripture to my life. And, and then I opened it up and I started reading all of these details about this strange piece of furniture. Just like a bunch of facts, a bunch of information and, you know, as I thought through it, I, I didn't see a sin for me to forsake. I didn't see a promise to claim. I didn't see an example to follow or a command to obey. Maybe you sometimes use questions like that as you work through Scripture. But, you know, I was just kind of tempted to close my Bible and move on with the day. And, and, and something in me, you know, I, I knew that that attitude was wrong. And I just prayed and said, God, you know, help me, uh, give me eyes to see. And, and I began to read through this again and and uh, the Holy Spirit just began to bring some scriptures to my mind and make some connections. 
But the point of that, let's just face it, some passages are harder to apply than others. And we're in this section of Scripture in Exodus where we're just learning a lot about this building called the tabernacle. And again, it's a lot of details, and it's, sometimes it feels very tedious, but I believe God has something for us today in these verses. So let me just kind of, uh, in our minds, let's just imagine walking through uh, this, this tabernacle structure. So we, we walk through this gate of this outside courtyard just imagine a fence and you've walked through this this gate and and we walk past first of all this bronze altar was a place where sacrifices were made so see we're still outdoors at this point and then beyond that bronze altar there's a there's a bronze basin a wash basin that was used for ceremonial washing and then we see this structure this this tent like building uh, in front of us so we we enter in this building and this first room that we come into, to our right, we see a table with 12 pieces of bread. To our left, we see this golden lampstand that we talked about in one of our previous podcasts. And, and then straight ahead, we see a curtain that separates this first room, which is called the holy place, from the second room, which is the most holy place. And right in front of this curtain, we see this altar of incense. We're told that it's made of acacia wood. Again, there are a lot of details that, that it's overlaid. It's different from the one outside and that it's overlaid with pure gold. It has this gold molding all the way around with two gold rings. And then you have the poles that are overlaid with gold to carry it by. And, and we're told that incense was to be burned on this altar every morning and every evening. So the purpose of this, there's a practical purpose. Uh, the purpose of this altar was to create a smoke cloud which would kind of just envelop the, the most holy place where God would meet with Moses and where Aaron would carry out his priestly work. It, it's kind of like what happened at Mount Sinai. If you go back and you read Exodus 19, verses 16 through 20, really it's kind of recreating that experience. And God is saying, now I want this to happen on a regular basis in the tabernacle. I'm going to meet with you regularly. Uh, and so that smoke was sort of a buffer, uh, really, to keep uh, Moses and Aaron safe uh, and uh, to keep them from, from seeing God in all of his glory and dying. But as you continue reading Scripture, you learn that the incense from this altar is also symbolic of something else. Um, in Psalm 141, verses 1 through 2, David prays this. He says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. So he's praying, right? And then he says in verse 2, May my prayer be set before you like incense. That sounds familiar. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. So that's clearly a reference to this passage. David was comparing his prayer to the incense that was altered or offered rather on this golden altar. Another passage in the New Testament, Revelation uh, chapter five verse eight, shows us this heavenly scene around the throne of God, and it says there that the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, get this, which are the prayers of God's people. And in that same book, later on, in chapter 8, verse 3, it says in Revelation, another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of of all of God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people 
went up before God from the angel's hand. So as we think about this, what do all these details mean for us? And I think there are three takeaways that, that I want to leave you with. Three ways that the altar of incense should encourage us to pray. Three motives, really, for prayer. And the first one being this, God desires our prayers. So pray, right? He desires our prayers. When, uh, when God commanded Moses to build an altar, and when he told the priest to offer incense on this altar, I want us just to remember God is revealing his heart. He, he's saying, listen, my desire is that my people offer up prayers to me. Now remember, God is self-sufficient, self-sustaining. He, he doesn't need anything. But yet we're told that he's eager to hear us cry out to him. Psalm 62 verse 8 is a great scripture. It says, pour out your hearts to him. I don't know about you, but I think we're living in times where God just really wants us to seek him. God is calling us to pour out our hearts to him. If you're disturbed, if you're upset, if you're concerned about everything that's going on in our world, this is a time for prayer. He desires our prayer. He wants us to pour out our hearts to him. In uh, verses 7 through 8, Aaron and his sons are told to burn incense on the altar. I think this is interesting. Every day they're to burn incense in the morning and in the evening. And so again, God desires our prayers. This is just God's way of saying, I want you to offer up prayer to me continually. I want you to offer up prayer regularly. Uh, it it kind of makes me think of 1 Thessalonians 5.17 when the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. You know, when we read scriptures like that, it can seem a bit overwhelming. I'm, sometimes when I hear pray without ceasing, I, I just feel so inadequate and it just seems so overwhelming that it discourages me from praying at all. But that's not the point. Uh, what Paul is saying is that any opportunity and every opportunity is an opportunity for prayer. Uh, and I would just encourage you, you know, maybe just begin uh, here with this scripture as uh, Aaron and his sons are told to burn incense two times in the morning and the evening. Why don't you just begin your day in prayer and close your day in prayer? And I believe if we do that, if we get our hearts and our minds synced up with God that way at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, we're going to be much more likely to call on him, to turn to him throughout the day. So God desires our prayers, so pray. That's a motive for prayer. But you know something else? Uh, God accepts our prayers, so pray. You know, it's important to remember where this altar of incense was located in relation to the other altar we mentioned, the altar of burnt offering. If you remember, the altar of burnt offering was in the outer courtyard. It was outside this building, outside the holy place. And really, it was the first thing that an Israelite saw when they entered the courtyard. But the altar of incense, what we're talking about today, is on the inside of the holy place. And I think even in the placement and even in the order of these, it's teaching us something. That, that we have to come to God through a sacrifice for our sins. That's the bronze altar. That's the altar outside. Before we can come to him through prayer. That's the altar of incense. We have to accept this reality that we are sinners in need of forgiveness and that forgiveness can only come through a sinless substitute who offered himself in our place. And so as those uh, sacrifices were made outside on that bronze altar, it was that reminder every time at daily uh, that, that ultimately forgiveness of sins has to come before 
our intercession, before our prayers. That, that substitute, for us who um, are under the new covenant, that substitute ultimately is Jesus. All of those sacrifices pointed forward to him. The writer of Hebrews says that because of what Jesus has done, get this, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by his blood. So our prayers are acceptable to God because Jesus makes them acceptable. Because of his sacrifice and because of something that he does, he makes them acceptable. Uh, Our prayers... You know, many times in my life, I I just feel like my prayers are clumsy, full of doubt, maybe even tainted by sin and unbelief. But Romans 8.34 says that Jesus, not only has he forgiven me of my sin and made me right with God, but he actually intercedes for me at the right hand of God. He intercedes for you. He lives to intercede for us. So we can pray in faith knowing that Jesus will make our prayers his own. And you know, Jesus is not the only person involved in making our prayers acceptable to God. One of the most powerful verses describing the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, I believe, is Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been at that moment? You do not know what to pray for. But it says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever felt just overwhelmed because you didn't know how to pray or what to pray in a situation? No matter how badly we miss the mark in praying and interceding for ourselves, our families, our church, and our world, listen, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and causes our prayers to be this sweet-smelling aroma to our Father in Heaven. He accepts our prayers, that He desires our prayers, and then finally... Uh, these prayers are a sweet-smelling aroma. He is pleased with our prayers. I just think it's important for us to realize the Lord loves our prayers. They smell wonderful to Him. When we offer up the sacrifice of praise in our lives, the Lord's heart is moved toward us. So don't let Satan make you doubt that. The Lord desires our prayers. He accepts our prayers. He's pleased with our prayers. And this is true for everyone who's become a child of God by faith in Jesus. He, he's ultimately torn down the veil and he's given us access into the Holy of Holies so that we can confidently pray. So what are you waiting on? Pray. Call on him now. Call on him in the morning, in the evening, and throughout the day. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode of our Reading Through the Scripture podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.